Friends, welcome to Worship with Houston and Kellen Kirk. As we gather from near and far, the Lord dwells in all our houses as we gather as one body around the Word of God, which sets us free. Good morning. Welcome to everyone joining us at Houston and Kellen Kirk this first Sunday of Advent for worship. The service is on our YouTube channel, and please follow it if you can, also on our podcast and website. Oh, the nearness of it all, the cusp, the brink, the fringe, the threshold, the unfolding, the rumour. Prophets have spoken and the time is now. Transformation of conflict to peace, shadows to light, individualism to community, incarnation is slipping into skin. Let us gather on this mountain of the Lord who will travel towards the light. Let us worship God, hymn 715, Behold the Mountain of the Lord.
our first Advent candle this week will be lit by the Cooley family. One candle to remind us of the prophets who believed in God during the dark days and looked forward to the coming of Christ. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They lived in a land of shadows, but now light is shining on them. Let us pray. God of hopeful waiting, Spirit of justice and truth, Jesus, light of the world, as we still ourselves in prayer, shutting out all the distractions around us, we ask for a visible word, a moving image that will speak to us of renewal and the possibility of change. In our mind's eye, we see a gleaming structure on a hilltop and we join the crowd of eagle pilgrims surging towards it. Serious, single-minded, all looking as we are for something more, something that is missing in the world below. Lost and confused, we come seeking wisdom and guidance. Ashamed of knowing that something has gone badly wrong with our world and that we are part of the problem. Aware of the conflicts within us that mirror the divisions in our families, our churches and our nations. We bring the sword of our certainty, the shield of our defensiveness, the spear of our aggression, all to be surrendered and transformed into instruments of peace. Where children have been taught by adults how to fear, may a new lesson of love be learned. We have been stumbling around for too long in the darkness. Light our way with the lamp of your truth. Warm us with the fire of your love as we set off gladly in this Advent season. And hear us now as we unite with your church around the world in the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our intimations. The Food Bank Collection continues on a Tuesday at the West Halls, 10 till 12 and 7 till 8pm. In the next two weeks, children's toys for cross-reach can also be collected at that point. A list is on the website. And please continue to support that if you can. Ethical Christmas gifts to support the electric classrooms in Mwandi and give you an idea to give someone a, a gift for Christmas. Details are on Facebook and the website. Please contact Caroline Morrison or tea towels are available from the paper shop or from the food bank on a Tuesday or from Caroline. Church services have been going well. They're almost at capacity. Restriction on numbers for the next couple of weeks to 20. So please book a ticket if you intend to come. Our QR code virtual nativity starts today. It starts in the railings at St Philan's Church 
in the car park at the West Halls, the Carrick Centre, the Fox and Hounds on South Street, the Curly Coffee Van at the Doctor Surgery, and the final one is in the Kirk Notice Board. There's three codes at each place, one for children, one for adults, and a carol. And most phones, if you open the camera and hover over a QR code, will take you to the link for the YouTube video. And if you don't have that, the videos will be released throughout Advent on Facebook and will form a nativity service on the 13th of December. There will be Christmas Eve services at 4, 5.15, a watch night at 11.30 and Christmas morning at 11am. We're limited to a total of 50 and you'll have to book if you wish to attend. And I'll announce when the booking is available for that. And we're also exploring using the halls to create extra space if it's required, which will be in a separate booking space. The anthem this week sung by Laura, Matthew and Stephanie. O Emmanuel by Bob Chilcott. This week, done by Gregor Noonan. Let's listen for God's word. The reading is from Isaiah chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 5. The mountain of the Lord. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days of the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the house, and all the nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob. He will teach us his way, so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the world of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle 
disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their sp spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Thank you, Gregor, Laura, Matthew, and Stephanie for our anthem. Hymn 281, People Look East. <laughs> inspiration that needs good news, that needs Advent to inspire, to raise us into hope again. Spirit, come and be the imagination we need. So be it. Amen. I was saddened recently to hear of the death of the former Chief Rabbi, Lord Jonathan Sachs, someone whose wisdom I've often quoted in services. On BBC Radio 4, Thought for the Day, he told the story of earlier in the week about a couple of Jewish children travelling in the London underground when a man came up who did not know them and for 20 minutes he harangued them in the most anti-Semitic way. Someone tried to intervene, but that person was threatened with violence. But then a young woman confronted the man and with calmness told him that what he was doing was wrong. Sachs said, I don't know exactly what she said, but it was enough to distract him and calm him. The woman was a young Muslim wearing a hijab. Her name was Asma. 
who had been on the receiving end of racist abuse herself, as increasingly more in communities are now facing. But what Asma chose to do was not let that intimidate her, but use that experience to identify with the Jewish family that day. We'd call that brave, would even call it heroic in some way, and standing up to what was happening. But the fact we describe it in such terms, and that this is still a story that happens, shames us and is deeply shocking. And there's a version of the faith, and France's recent terrorist attack shows us something alive in every faith, be that a religious or a political faith, where we actually believe the world is better when we're all the same. Attackers declare that. But that counters mainline Islam, a belief that identifies a single nation or faith or group as being more significant than others because of culture, power or history. We've seen political parties embroiled, as well as our own faith having made a name for itself on such abuse. Indeed, I was shocked on Thursday to receive political correspondence from a Christian group. Shocking. And I've got news for them. God is not partisan with politics. I pointed that out to them in my reply. To walk on that ground is as old as humanity itself. And to speak of such is even older than speech itself. To find ourselves down, still doing so when we have the philosophies of the Enlightenment, the histories of our religions and prophets of our faith who shape words and ideas that were meant to lift us from such base places, inviting us to see God in the breadth of humanity. The Old Testament is not a book always known for its generosity towards other nations. Yet those passages we can almost recite from the prophets that we read time and time again, especially in Advent. They have a most astounding universalist view of humanity. And interestingly, in these parts we remember more than all the others and are able to quote the people that walked in darkness. Let your light shine, wonderful counsellor. Because perhaps, let us believe, these ideals still appeal Despite her fall from grace and the lowering of her politics, these still inspire, still offer us hope. They are still that corrective to where we so often end up in our faith and in our politics, the shallowness that these institutions can become. Listen to the prophets we plead in these times that have something better to say, something positive and life-giving to offer, because they themselves have been there. They have known the prejudice as a nation, as a religion, and they warn what that experience can do if you choose to respond like for like. A great example, David and Goliath. Such a daring story of a young boy soon to be king who takes on the might and power of their greatest enemy. And we tell it to children as if it's some great moral principle. Only we forget to tell them the second part, where the Davids become the Goliaths, where the young boy grows up and turns on his enemies, just as Goliath did to him.
His response is the lesser one to asthma, who used the abuse she knew to identify with others receiving abuse and change the kind of relationships you had with folk. This is the humanity the prophets call us to. The ethic they identify as lifting us up and out of our fear. For fear is always so much part of our fall into prejudice and racism. And the prophets speak with great clarity for our time. Not scared to call out Israel as much as any of our neighbouring nations. Not to respond in kind and hatred towards someone. Isaiah sets the scene which is higher, a universalist way of living, a way of identifying yourselves in a dramatic image of swords beaten to plowshares and spears to pruning hooks. Isaiah says that which we use to put down, it may be physical like swords and spears, or it may be the power of words. That which we use to put down another may be an instrument of war. Or it may be prejudice or racism. But the way we rise up in our humanity, the way we identify more closely with God, is to reshape these instruments, repurpose our words, and use them to identify with the fear they have of us and change the way we engage and relate to each other. No longer in fear, but recognising their pain by identifying our own. That's the kind of relationship we need to have. And the very place we begin is Advent, that universalist place, identifying with the abused, with the stranger. Because in Advent, it leads us to another story of incarnation, of God identifying with us in a new relationship. We have chosen to shape that truth into the story of a child's birth filled with angels and shepherds and stars and stables. And we tend to focus more on these than the truth itself, of a love that knows the pain of prejudice and corruption and power. That is incarnation, a love, a God who identifies with that. And that is a story we are shaping now in this new season, found in the prophets who give us a choice, an invitation to turn and walk in the light of the Lord. This is now perhaps our place as a church in our contemporary community. This is who we need to become once more as racism and fear steadily increase, where elections and manifestos and ideologies divide, but politicians' words are not translated into actions. And as a church... We are called to be agents, prophets of transformation that turn swords to plowshares. Rarely is that about weapons, far more it's about words. To recreate relationships with the breadth of humanity, taking that that we fear, the abuse we've received, and that which we can identify with others, not always like us, but who have experienced the same. If we want to hear an Advent word, there it is in the prophets. And every so often it incarnates itself in acts of people like asthma, beating verbal swords to plowshares, and modelling for all of us the universal truth 
of what the incarnation is and who it's for. Glory be to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. At this point in the service, we would normally receive our offering. You can support the work of the church by giving by standing order or by giving online at the finance or weekly offering tabs on our website or free will offering envelopes can be left at the food bank on a Tuesday or at Wednesday worship. And thank you for your continued support of the work of the church. Let us pray. Living God in this season, when we look forward to the coming of the Prince of Peace, we cannot avoid thinking about the many conflicts tearing apart the world that you love. Families and nations divided, Christians and Muslims and Jews wasting time fighting each other and among themselves when they should be loving the world in your name. God, whose peace is of a different order from any that we can imagine or create, heal the conflicts in our own hearts and lives, we pray, so that we may become agents of your peace in the world. In this season of listening for the word of life, the eternal word, become a living, breathing, vulnerable human child. We cannot help but be aware of all that is a threat to life and not just human life in this world that you love. Global warming, illegal hunting, deforestation, the contamination of air, land and sea. God who said, let it be, and there was. God whose word prompted all life to begin. May we whose life is your gift to us not be the cause of its ending in these days of encroaching darkness as we wait for the light of the world to burst in upon us again, making everything clear. We have to admit that we are afraid of what the light may reveal our complicity in all that has gone wrong, in our churches and in our world, our actions and our failures to act, our silence when we should have been speaking, our speaking when you needed us to listen. God, whose light shone out at the dawn of creation and which has never been extinguished, may your light shine in us and in us, through us and in spite of us, bringing hope to the world and glory to your name. So be it. Amen. 273. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
may we be found hoping and may such hope continue to transform us and as we go may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore Amen.